You're listening to Kiama Community Radio. This program is proudly supported by Kiama Community College. There's something for everyone, from nationally accredited career courses to seniors' computing, languages, and lifestyle programs. fair to say that 2021 was not the year that we expected and here we are at the end for some of us very quickly for some of us not soon enough this is our final program for the year and today Gabby Cabral talks to Alex Roberts about strategies to help you get through the family Christmas followed by 10 tips to make your Christmas more sustainable the music is by South Coast guitarist George Reuter from his CD Christmas Cove I bet you've never heard classic Christmas carols like this. special this year. Lockdowns and distancing guidelines that affected other celebrations earlier in the year mean that for many of us it will be the first time that we'll be able to meet up with family and friends in a long time. I'm Gabriella Cabral. And I'm Alex Roberts um, and I'm going to give a counsellor psychotherapy take on Christmas Along with the joy, there can also be disappointment. And if we're aware of what those disappointments might be, then we're able to counteract that early on. Why is Christmas so important to families? I think Christmas is important to families because it reconnects, strengthens family bonds, and we're able to embrace all the good qualities that we have towards our family. I read somewhere that traditions anchor a family in a long-term horizon of having a past and anticipating a future together. You know, that rituals like Christmas connect and provide a, a boost to relationships. Do you agree with that? Yes, I think they do. We come together with joy and looking forward. I think it's a forward way of love. Is it, is it a good time... To strengthen family bonds, do you think, Christmas? Yes, I think it is a good time to strengthen family bonds. There is a bit of a shadow side sometimes, though, with expectations. And we tend to expect that everything is going to be wonderful. At Christmas, we prepare, we have all this food and presents and loving thoughts. And we tend to forget that we do have issues with some of our family members. And it's how we manage those that will depend on how our Christmas evolves. So what would you suggest? Avoid those family members? (laughs) No, I would say be aware. Um, If you've had 
issues with a family member during the year that hasn't been resolved, then it's probably a good idea to think about what it was that wasn't resolved. And if that issue comes up again when you're in a gathering, then at least you have some insight into how to handle that at the time. I wonder if it is it better to actually be very realistic and have lower expectations and not expect everything to be hunky-dory, you know, just because it's Christmas, to know that if you're having... Um, Definitely. You know, issues with someone that they, that won't change during the Christmas period. Do you think? I, I particularly think about Christmas, for example, after separation or divorce and step families and so forth, you know, fragmented family holidays for children of divorce and that sadly don't end in adulthood quite often. That's obviously an issue as well. To handle that, um, we may be looking forward to seeing brothers, sisters, parents, aunts, uncles, and as you've just stated, blended families. We've organised get-togethers. Sometimes people are travelling from overseas and we haven't seen them for a long time. And now that we're out of lockdown, there are overseas visitors or family members who have been living overseas that have finally come back to Australia. Unfortunately, if we don't always see eye to eye with certain members... During the year, we might have had a disagreement that has not been truly resolved. We may also not be in tune to differenting parenting styles to that of our own. And if there's young children there, uh, that can be a problem in itself. So, you know, we might find an aunt that's uh, such a complete ass, but hey, it's Christmas, so all will be wonderful. And I think you're quite right. Our expectations are high. And perhaps if we don't have the expectations, then the gathering will run more smoothly. Um, I personally, you know, have just gone through a period of bereavement and my family has basically shifted in terms of the the traditions that we normally hold dear. They're now changing. And I'm thinking that perhaps I need to start new traditions, you know, and, and to particularly bearing in mind that doing things together with other family members may bond us, you know, whether it is singing carols or decorating the house, those moments together can can make the the family stronger perhaps, you know. Is that something you you would recommend? So after a, a bereavement, some members of the family might be traditional and want to continue with the tradition, Whereas, as you've just said, we could have um, new traditions to overcome the grief that's happened. It really depends on timing, too. I suppose there's no recipe. There's no recipe. That's right. You just have to kind of feel it and, you know, and be positive and optimistic about it all. And acknowledge, perhaps, the person that's passed on and celebrate that life that was very important to us. I was reading somewhere that Christmas is stressful for some families, you know, particularly because of financial and time pressures. How do you prepare for that? Is that, I mean, should you see a financial advisor? Should you, is there a way that you can actually preempt ways of easing that financial pressure? If other family members are aware of the financial pressure, that's a good start. So perhaps confiding in those that you are close to, 
that you really don't have the resources. And perhaps the traditional day that may have been your uh, forte, that you may have always uh, done all the food, that perhaps someone else can do it and you can join in. And maybe draw up a budget yes. beforehand. And a bit know. like Christmas Kringle. You That's can all right. share. And shop early to avoid overspending. And overpricing as it gets nearer to Christmas. Uh, lobster's probably out of the question because they're usually very expensive by Christmas. And if you haven't got the money to pay for that, then it's just going to be a worry that's going to occur after the event because you may go into debt that you really don't want to do. And, I mean, discussing Christmas plans with the family, do you think that may help? You know, I think it was a great idea. Organising a Kris Kringle so you don't have to buy presents for everybody. Absolutely. And, and being very clear about how you want it the to. amount. Absolutely. The yeah. amount of spend. And also a little family get-together so that everyone's views a little family meeting. Mm. How are we going to handle this year? KCR, Kayama Community Radio. I also think, you know, what I'm particularly interested in is obviously being of non English speaking background. I'm, I'm really interested in the fact that Christianity is the dominant culture in Australia, but there are many people who are also Australians but who are of other denomination or who may be atheist. Would uh, Christmas time be, would it put particular pressure on their family to? perhaps display uh, Christian celebrations or that really are not their own? Perhaps. Uh, that's absolutely right. Um, people come from all nationalities, all different beliefs. One of the good things about a belief or about spirituality, whether we call it religion or spirituality, is to have it inclusive. So that to remember that not everyone believes what we believe, and to be tolerant and to perhaps introduce, if you're of that, if you're gathering of that tradition, tradition yeah. then to have a prayer from each faith, if that's what you want to do. And that's another reason to have a get together to say, okay, well, so and so is married to so and so, who's um, Islamic or a Buddhist. Um, how do we include them? I loved in Malaysia the fact that. Every religious holiday was celebrated openly. Shopping centres would be decorated for Diwali, for Eid, for Hanukkah, for Absolutely. Christmas. You know, a, there was a sense of inclusion and you had Muslim people basically celebrating, you know, Christmas in a sense, not perhaps to the extent that Christians did, but outwardly there would be no cancellation like you would have, for example, in the United States where you call it a holiday, and you, you try not to turn it into a religious thing at all. Mm. It's acceptance. It's about acceptance. And Christmas is a great time to find acceptance and to realise that we have all been brought up in a different way, or many of us have, especially now the world is so small, and to help to get that unity, which um, gets rid of fear of different faiths. It doesn't mean to say we have to believe what someone believes, but we can respect it. Alex, even... Other Christian traditions use other calendars. And so you have certain Orthodox Christians who don't use the same, you know, the 25th of December or so forth as Christmas Day. I mean, I remember growing up in Latin America 
we followed the Spanish tradition of gift giving at the Feast of Epiphany on the 6th of January. So the three wise men in, in, in the Christian sort of uh, tradition bring to Jesus the three symbolic gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. Um, the Spanish have adopted that as, you know, the feast of present giving, I suppose. And so children, instead of receiving gifts at Christmas time, we would put our shoes outside, you know, freshly polished, and we'd leave grass and water for the camels, <laughs> and we'd leave a little letter to one of the wise men, and the next day, on the 6th of January, you'd wake up, and all the gifts would be there, you know, next to your shoes. That sounds fantastic, and it could probably stagger the Christmas giving. Absolutely. To incorporate that. Absolutely. So there wasn't so much, um, I suppose, pressure at Christmas time mm. for it to be like a consumer paradise. <laughs> yes, because Christmas is very expensive. And obviously these are Catholic countries that yes. celebrate in this way. Of course, coming to Australia where... It's, it's a completely different sort of tradition. It was, it was very interesting, you know, and we kind of adapted to that. Um, and now the, um, the three wise men thing is a distant memory of my childhood. But I'm assuming many Australians have different traditions that perhaps at Christmas time they're still in force. I don't know. For example, you know, the 12 days of Christmas, beyond the carol thing, they kick off on the 25th of December to the 6th of January. And so in most Christian countries, you take the decorations down on the 6th of January. That's right. I remember that. Um, I didn't know why. Because it's the Feast of the Epiphany, see? Uh-huh. For an atheist, I know my Bible pretty well, don't you think? <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> well, not really. But I, I suppose what the purpose of this podcast was, was to have a chat about the things that we are all concerned about during Christmas time, because it's gone now beyond the joy of getting together with people. Sometimes we feel the pressure and we don't know why, you know, because we do want to see our loved ones. But at the same time, we feel the stress of the gift giving, the organising, the work, the cooking and getting on with everyone and being happy families. Mm. I could probably give some tips for family members who don't behave very well. Oh, I'd love that, Sam. <laughs> I think, first of all, other pe- everyone else has... Diff- or not everyone, that's an overstatement, but we all have varying ideas on how to bring up children or how we conduct our lives, and we don't always agree with them. If it's friends that we don't agree with, we tend to be a bit more forgiving. But if it's a family member, we feel that we can actually say that we're not very keen on what's happening. And really, that's where the problem starts. So if children um, are not behaving very well, um, of course, it won't be your children that are not behaving very well. It'll be some brother or brother-in-law's children that are not behaving very well. Um, and you can't slap them like in the novel by Christos <laughs> Chalkers, can you? <laughs> no, we've got to be very politically correct here. I think it's accepting and um, being aware that um, this might occur 
and not not to have unrealistic expectations so to be a little generous and try to um, distract the child or children that are not really behaving how they should be behaving. What happens when it's adults that are misbehaving? Well, that's even worse. What do you do with that uncle that drinks too much? That's exactly (laughs) right. If you have an uncle um, that drinks too much and becomes steadily obnoxious or, or even worse as the day goes on, sometimes that is very difficult you can't just uh, leave him to it. Um, you can try humour, but I think more than that is being prepared for that. If you've had this particular uncle and every time he's at a function, this is what he does. Try and work something out beforehand so that you can nip that in the bud. It may well be, if he's amenable when he's not had too much to drink, to actually cut his drinks down by giving him something that's got something else in it, like mm. water, if, if mm. he can't taste the difference, <laughs> or um, soft drink. I wonder if entertainment is the key, whether, you know, having uh, music to dance to, or... Or distracting, again, or distracting. playing cards at yes. Christmas time yeah. when everyone's bored and, you know. Yes. I wonder if going to the beach, you know, when you're in Kayama and the weather's good... And that, that, that diffuses that space, and it spaces it out too, doesn't it? But I think if you do get someone that's really drunk, the only thing you can probably do is try and, as I say, beforehand, think about the distractions that you can put in place. Not necessarily to dilute drinks, something that you think will distract the person. And perhaps move him to another room with some more with some more grog yeah. if it keeps him happy and, and away from getting belligerent i must admit in my family the problem is overeating rather than over drinking <laughs> oh so well, they go to sleep <laughs> they go to sleep so that's all right you can turkey is known to make you go to sleep isn't it <laughs> so um we don't have the heat from uh, cold climate where a good meal and a, a fire was a definite recipe for you to fall asleep so alex where do we get help if we're concerned about christmas if you want to have a chat to someone okay so uh, if you do get conflict within the family, it can be quite, you know, it can be serious and distressing. If you're able to, one of the best places to get help over Christmas, because they're open 24-7 by phone, is Lifeline. And the number for Lifeline is 13 11 14. They're very helpful and could diffuse a situation. Great idea. Thank you, Alex. It's been lovely. Having a chat. It's been nice to talk to you. I wish you the best for Christmas. Yes, and to you. KiamaCommunityRadio.org
At KCR, we care about sustainability, so we put together a list of 10 easy ways to host a Christmas that's lighter on the earth. More than ever, it's important to be conscious of the decisions we're making and the impact they have on the planet. We hope these ideas will help you celebrate the holidays in a more mindful way. Number one, get creative with wrapping. Instead of traditional wrapping, try using fabric scraps. If you've got young kids, you could even repurpose some of their artwork from throughout the year to make for heartfelt wrapping that their grandparents will love. Paintings on butcher's paper work especially well. Using newspaper and bright ribbon also makes gifts look creative and interesting. Number two, try your hand at craft. On that note, DIY decorations, cards and gift tags are not only a more sustainable option, but a lovely mindful activity for the holiday. Number three, Change up your Christmas tree. If you're considering buying a living tree, we suggest keeping it potted so that you can replant it after the holiday season. Alternatively, gum tree branches or a small palm leaf or leaves make for a uniquely Australian tree that won't contribute to landfill. Number four, gift thoughtfully. Give presents that are made locally in Australia that use recycled and recyclable packaging where possible. Number five, gift an experience instead. Another beautiful option is to give an experience rather than a physical present. This helps reduce the Christmas Day clutter. Well, after a challenging year and multiple lockdowns, a facial or a massage will be well received. Virtual wellness. Number six. Not only are e-gift cards an easy and appealing present option, they come with virtually no carbon footprint, no shipping, no packaging or distribution required. Email a virtual gift card to your nearest and dearest and it's a thoughtful, sustainable and easy present. Plus, having it stored in their inbox means it can't be lost. Bonus. Number seven, spread cheer by giving back. It's easy to get caught up in the chaos of Christmas, but it's equally important to give back and pay it forward to those in need. So in lieu of a gift, why not donate some money to a charitable cause? You could organise a family beach clean or clean out your wardrobe and donate things to an op shop or volunteer for a charity. These are all great family activities that kids can take a part in and make for feel-good holiday traditions for years to come. Number eight, host a gift swap or Kris Kringle. Chat with friends and family about the idea of a gift swap or Kris Kringle. It could mean trading unused items or simply purchasing one gift each instead of panic buying for the entire family. Not only does it take away some of the stress, but also means buying less, which is always a plus for the planet. Number nine, consider lighting. When decking the halls, look for lighting options with a lower energy output. LED lights are a great option for the tree, and we can't go past a few candles in the home for a festive, warm ambience. Choose soy wax for a cleaner burn and repurpose the candle holder once the candle is finished. It makes for a great place to store makeup brushes, for example. Number 10, evaluate food waste. 
Cutting back on excess food is a simple way to prevent waste and reduce the environmental impact of all that festive lunching. Be sure to freeze leftovers, opt for seasonal produce where possible, and plan out menus for the days that follow to utilise everything in the fridge. Hopefully this has given you food for thought in the lead up to Christmas and we hope you'll enjoy this special and long-awaited time with your loved ones. KCR wishes you a safe and relaxing Christmas with people that you love and we look forward to catching up with you again in the new year. been listening to Kiama Community Radio. This program was proudly brought to you by Kiama Community College. The views, information or opinions expressed during this segment are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Kiama Community Radio.